1: This week, a dissatisfied paper pusher upends his life, sells everything he owns, and sets off for the stars. On his journey, Festin Pixis will encounter pirates, drag racers, and worst of all, celebrity chefs. He'll crash weddings, foil evil plots, and make lots of friends. It's one of the most wholesome half-hours in science fiction audio drama, and it never fails to cheer me up when I'm feeling glum. It's Star Tripper, and it's coming up right here on Radio Drama Revival. Hey folks, welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, David Reinstrom. I've been listening to this series on imperialism, on WNYC's On The Media lately, a very fine podcast that I think you'd probably like. That's right, I have other interests, Dickie. I listen to nonfiction. I read books. I take baths. That is a reference to a record from my youth, and if you catch it and tell me about it on Twitter, I will mail you something stupid as a reward. Anyway, On the Media had two relatively recent episodes. First, The End of Magical Thinking, and Empire State of Mind, about the way that America and its culture thinks about the frontier, and what the frontier represents in the mainstream American mind. Right? If you imagine Teddy Roosevelt in the 1890s, lamenting the closing of the western frontier, if you remember your Frederick Jackson Turner, imagine Roosevelt engineering a naval war with Spain, such that the United States could conquer and occupy the Philippines, Puerto Rico, and Cuba because Turner and Roosevelt believed that an ever-shifting frontier was salutary for the American public, that having a threatening, combative line of demarcation between America and the rest of the world was good for American democracy helped shape it. Now, that more cynical view might say that frontierism gave a steam vent to young white Americans dissatisfied with the status quo by giving them a racialized other to conquer instead of allowing themselves to unite with other working class people in order to effect social change within their existing society. This being why, in 1848, when socialist revolutions were blazing across Europe, the United States had already been at war with Mexico for two years. David, I hear you, saying, what the hot purple nebula does this have to do with space? Good question, thank you for asking it. A lot of science fiction draws on this mythology of the frontier. I mean, for God's sake, it's right there in the opening narration of Star Trek. Space, the final Final frontier. frontier. Gene Roddenberry even called the concept for the show, wagon train to the stars, hearkening back to that idea of the frontier of the American West where men could remake themselves in conflict with people and places outside of quote-unquote civilization. American science fiction, especially space opera written by white dudes, tends to be drawn from a well of tropes that ultimately stem from 19th century adventure fiction. Your H. Ryder Haggards, your Edgar Rice Burroughs, your total classic exemplars of white dudes exploring and conquering a new place single-handedly. Think of John Carter of Mars, Alan Quatermain, Tarzan. None of this is bad on its own, and you are not bad for loving Star Wars or Star Trek. I love both of them the same way I love chocolate and pizza to problematic excess. It's just something to think about. I bring this all up because Star Tripper doesn't do any of that shit, and it's so refreshing. Festin Pixis isn't here to prove that he's a man or a badass or whatever. He just wants to live a good life, a life beyond cubicles and triplicate, Yes, it's an escapist adventure fantasy, but it's not one of conquest. Festin just wants to make friends. And that's why this show always makes me smile. Star Tripper is as much in conversation with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy as Radiation World is or the same way that Starship Iris is in conversation with Firefly or how Wolf 359 is in conversation with Battlestar Galactica. All of these shows are iterations on themes of found family and exploration or paranoia or revolution. Star Tripper isn't the only show in space, and nor should it be, but what really interests me is the way that it swerves away from imperialist tropes, and whenever Feston gets too confident, the universe hands him his ass. You'll also be in for a treat if you're a fan of Ian McCune's work as Agent Green on The Bright Sessions. This is a totally different side of that actor, and I think you will be utterly delighted. Alright, that's enough from me, so why don't we start off with episodes 0 and 1, of Tripper.
2: Come on, come on! Excuse me, anybody home? I'm here about the QCS-25. My name's Festin Pixis, I spoke with Demothy on the wave. They said we could make a deal. Yep. Demothy, right?
3: Depends on what you've got in that. Briefcase? Really? I'm trying to run a business, not some backworld mob racket.
2: (laughs) I just quit my office job recently. I'm heading off-world.
3: Ah, well, in that case, many blessings from the stars upon you.
2: Listen, I just sold a lovingly curated collection of movie junk to pay for this, so can we at least keep things civil? Seven hundred and seventy thousand. Flat. It's all there? Every bit. Is it really a Star Tripper?
3: I look like some sort of cat pants to you, son. Like, I don't know, a QCS-25 from a bumper boat?
2: <laughs> no offense, meant. Just a big FaZe Gravely fan, that's all.
3: I mean, damn, it looks just like his. She does, doesn't she? Not too many fans of the classics anymore. Well, get in here and look her over. She's my last one to move before I sell the place.
2: Oh my gosh. Oh, it really does look like his. <laughs> I'm, so- I'm
1: sorry.
3: Um, and the color, look at the color. What did you say you were getting off northern 4 anyway? Pretty dangerous out there.
2: My office job isn't working out. Thought I'd take a trip.
3: See how far I can go. The universe isn't all cracked up to be, son.
4: Well,
2: you know how it is. I'm a learn by doing kind of guy.
3: I gotta shift this place in soon, so you're getting a good deal. We do have a deal, right?
2: Yep. She's perfect.
4: Hello, I'm Proxy, your integrated assistant. Where would you like to go?
2: everywhere. Aha! Okay, let's check the levels. <laughs> yes well hello strangers thank you for tuning in my name is festin Pixis, and until very recently i used to be a simple desk jockey here on planet Lorven. <laughs> life would seem to be pretty sweet here everybody's guaranteed employment because everybody else is a desk jockey too mega corporate files don't sort themselves after all <laughs> But it is so boring, folks. So monotone. Worst of all, I seem to be the only Lorvian who feels that way. I started to have this thought. Things could be so much different, Festin. Reboot your life, Festin. Simplify. Now most people would take that thought, look at it for a moment, and then file it away forever. Instead, I turned around and I quit my job. Then I went home and sold Pretty much all my stuff. I'll admit, losing the movie merch stung pretty bad. But with the heap of credits I made, I got one of these. Top-of-the-line recon unit. A subdermal implant allowing for hands-free audio recording. But most of the cash went towards this. Oh, wait, that's right. You can't see it. (laughs) I wanted there to be this big, dramatic moment, but it's fine. Roll with it. This is my beautiful new ship. She's a Physic-Class Systems QCS-25 Kappa Series. A total classic. You might know her as a star-tripper, like in the old FaZe Gravely Wave films. She's the key to my plan, namely, to make the absolute most out of my tiny little life, I'm gonna find the hottest spots, the wildest sights and sounds, mix myself up in something unexpected, just like FaZe would do literally anything but sitting behind a desk. I'm gonna grab my life by the glowing fleshy part and hang on till it bucks me off through a window. Sure, it might seem a little selfish and frivolous and a little crazy, but there's an upside too. I get to take you along with me every step of the way. And how are we doing today, Proxy?
4: Weather conditions nominal, Captain. All systems green, awaiting launch clearance.
2: Would you listen to that? Didn't I say she was a classic? Uh, hang on, Prox, all this Captain business. Do you have to do that? It feels like you're talking to my dad.
4: The system will respond to your preferred manner of address, Captain, awaiting input. Let's just say we
2: stick with calling me Festin for now. We're trying something new, keeping it loose and fun.
4: Input processed, Festin. However, the parameters loose and fun do not appear in my lexicon of mission directives.
2: What a surprise. Not to worry, Prox. This will be a learning experience for both of us. Well, we've got our shipboard rations fully stocked. Got my towel right here. There we go. Family photo. There it is. Already said my goodbyes. Ready for launch, Proxy?
4: Request for clearance granted, Festin. Docking ring decoupling. Platform responding all green. You are cleared for launch.
2: Here we go! <laughs> Tell me something, though, Proxy. What do you know about the Yugfall Expanse?
4: Accessing. The Yugfall Expanse is a 20 parsec region adjacent to the Yug Debris Cloud, once the site of a large scale naval battle between the Yug and Balgor Empires, both now defunct. Intergalactic law enforcement firms routinely fight over patrolling rights, effectively nullifying all attempts at enforcement of anti scavenger legislation. An attractive destination for pirates and extreme thrill seekers.
2: Sounds perfect. This will be where you start learning about fun then. Uh, do the records mention it in connection with the Wave film FaZe Gravely and the Dreaded Gauntlet of Zinfo?
4: Confirmed! The fourth in the FaZe Gravely series of Wave films holds a divisive reputation with the fanbase over the recasting of FaZe's sidekick Crumb with the erotic film star Bang Bang Bang.
2: Here's the thing about that movie, fellow travelers. Most of it was shot on a stage. They only went on location at Yug fall to get the wide shots. The real expanse is crazy deadly. It's a minefield and a ship graveyard all rolled into one and injected with radioactive growth hormone. So, of course, some rich fans of the movie start their own dark site race league out there. Before I got the recon unit, I met this old grepnoid in a bar. (laughs) He'd been telling this story to everybody, hoping someone would pick up his next round. I just couldn't help myself. Plus, I kind of felt bad. Anyway, he told me that years ago, He was racing at Yuggfall in the Gravely Grand Prix. At one point, he takes a bad hit and has to start limping back to the race hub, but then his sensors pick up a great, big, super-dense something in a dead battleship. His ship is hanging on by a thread, but he gets a quick scan all over anyway, and the only thing he picks up is the faintest seam of a door. And what the old grepnoid thinks is that this thing is a vault of some kind, and I find myself wanting to agree. That's right, my friends. We've got ourselves a genuine treasure hunt on our hands. You get all that, Proxy?
4: Processing. Turning a course to the Yugfall Circuit Nexus. Slip space junction keys confirmed. Clearance chain granted. Seamless route achieved. Estimated time to arrival, 1260 ticks.
2: Then let's get Slippy. Engage! <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I guess I've got some time to think about my first move. What do I feel like listening to on the way? Politics! No thank you. Why do they record this at the bottom of a well? Next. Yeah, yeah, all right. I'll check back in when we're close, friends. Keep listening. <laughs> ah, I'm up. I'm up. <clears throat> What's going on? Proxy?
4: We have just dropped out of slipspace. Sensors register a proximity alert. One vessel patrol class. It is pinging us.
2: Uh, hail them, would you please?
4: <laughs> Opening hailing frequency.
2: Uh, hello there!
4: Uh, I have a good reason for being here,
2: Better than wanting to run the gauntlet? Me sir, Rob. Who do you know just me? Well, me and my interface. Say hello, Prox.
3: get somewhere else. There's already plenty of on the track.
2: No, my friend. What I have is a life wish. I'm positively horny for a good race. <laughs> I
3: think I can use it on through. So where our Quadrant 3 should be open. Just follow the markers. Oh, yeah, and welcome to the gauntlet.
2: Much obliged. <laughs> this is so much better than filing claims. Wow, pretty upscale for a death race. Look at all these ships. Zappo, that's a Botachi 7 series. Hey, excuse me, pal. Yeah, I can see that. I'm looking for the sign-up desk. Nope, just me. Thank you. I'll pray for you, he says. What a nice guy. Oh, sorry about that, buddy. Say, was that your farsoon scathwing I saw in the hangar? I thought so. What a beaut! See you on the starting line.
3: Next. Next, please.
2: Hello. Oh, gosh, love those brassy head legs. Very nice. Sir? I'd like to sign up for the next race, please.
3: Name and company charter?
2: Festin' Pixis. Uh, Festin' Pixis. Just just me, I'm afraid.
3: You don't have a charter, no pit crew?
2: Nope. Just me. Uh, I've got the Indigo Star Tripper docked on 3C.
3: And you want to run the gauntlet? The whole thing? You bet. I see. Hey, everybody! This guy wants to try for a picture perfect.
2: What is that? Excuse me, what's a picture perfect?
3: Uh, nothing to worry about. Just stay sharp out there. Your confirmation here, please. And the race will be called in four ticks.
2: Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Uh, see you all in the winner circle!
3: <laughs>
2: hey, Prox. You got anything on something called a picture-perfect in the entry for the gauntlet?
4: No match found.
2: Shit.
5: gravely grand prix we have a strong bunch of contenders out there today including three time survivor of the gauntlet civ Black. and there's a special treat for you all today folks namely our newest contender piloting the blue physic class star tripper Feston pixis that's a real collector's vessel folks what a treat He's a Grand Prix first-timer who, I hear, is going for a picture-perfect. So, keep an eye on our suicidally brave newbie. Give him a round of adulation, folks. He may just have a shot. (laughs) Rules are simple. No weapons, no sabotage. You fly like Count Frag has a bead on you, and you might survive. Now get ready, racers. This is it.
2: Suicidally brave. Pfft. How many other gravely flight sim aces do you see?
5: Racers! Get steely! Get tight! Get gone. <laughs> and there they go! Best Black takes an early lead through Shell Game with Frick's close behind. Too early, wipe out Ooh. the broken sword. Someone grab a mop. And Feston clears the shell game without a scratch on him. Good start, folks. Let's see if he can keep it up. Oh, okay. Prince is all over Feston, folks. Prince wants to push him into the smiling teeth. I'm okay. We're good. The middle of the pack is tearing chunks off of each other. <laughs> Don't you just adore it? Vantablack still has first all thrown up, but cancer and Wound from the Opaque Network are putting those aftermarket mods to good use, closing fast. The best is they shaking frinks on the entrance to the snake's gut, but this is the part where anything could happen. Oh. And that's not one, not two, but seven chaos! The Dax family's Dagnus Dax has caused a chain reaction. It's anybody's race now, folks! And there's Prince coming in like a vulture lizard. Haha, <laughs> really funny! He's on festing again! And Come on, there's Golfer up. coming in from below! They have got him pincered! What did this guy do to piss these two off?
2: Stuff these guys! We're close! Come on, Prox, let's hit it! Almost. Almost. Wait till you see the broken keel of the flagship.
5: There! <gasps> it's gone! The Star Tripper's vanished after evading a side swipe from Acre Corp. Dizzy comfort I don't know oh, what's yeah. happening, folks, but Woo! our plucky underskag might be out of the running. Permanently! Stay tuned, folks. This race isn't even close Enough of to that... over.
2: Thank you. Now, Proxy, do a density scan on the immediate area. Tell me when you see a big, impenetrable...
4: Object detected. Sensors indicate super-dense materials involved in construction.
2: Engage the mag plates. I want to stuck to that hole like glue. Let's see what I almost died for. Okay. I'm officially out of ideas. The race has to be well and truly over by now. My atmosphere reserve is dipping below half. And I'm officially drawing a blank. The old guy on Lorvin wasn't jerking me around. I had to search for three whole ticks before I found the side with the door in it. There's a seam here, but, but you could only tell if you ran a finger across the whole length of the thing. <laughs> Proxy, any ideas?
4: I lack like the necessary instruments to supply a more productive answer. And historical logs make no mention of proprietary Yuck security measures. The lock may be keyed to biometric signature, passphrase, or to open upon hearing a selected piece of music. Shall I list the number of possible lock type configurations?
2: Thanks, Proxy. Maybe later.
4: Damn! Vault interface has registered your clearance input. Clearance accepted. Seals disengaging. Please stand clear.
2: But all I did was kick it. Oh, uh, right then. Face gravely, eat your heart out. Is that a plushie? <laughs> That's right, travelers. A stuffed children's toy in the shape of a nebulid. It's not even a haunted plushie either. I know. But I had a thought after I got back to the station. This thing has to be mint condition, right? I mean, locked in a super dense isolation vault, no danger of radiation damage, definitely zero oxidation, and it's ancient, let's not forget. The giant naval battle that made Yugfall Expanse was about 600 galactic standard years ago. This cuddly little thing could pay for my next several dozen fuel stops. Hey, Prox?
4: Yes, Festin.
2: What's the nearest military history museum in this sector? A reputable one, if you can manage it. No gun lobbies. Because some just, like, give you a gun in the lobby, no questions asked. That's a little intense for Mr. Squiddy here.
4: Searching. Three results found, although the Museum of Interesting Battlefield Wounds has seen a steady decline in patronage in the past fiscal quarter. I also have taken the liberty of referencing known collectors of war memorabilia in the system. The planet Galvis is the nearest option.
2: I think I'll sleep on it, but thanks, Prox. You really came through out there. We'll have to try this again sometime.
4: Shall I notify you then, should your name and likeness be stricken from the gauntlet wall of shame? To do so beforehand would likely harm our chances of success.
2: I, uh... I think they just leave it like that, Prox. (laughs) But that's future Festin's problem. Today's Festin would like to thank you all for joining me on our first steps into this big old universe you all make so vivid. I can't wait to see what comes next! Once again, my name is Festin proud son of Lorvin, and file clerk no more. We'll meet again soon on the next transmission of Star Tripper.
6: Star Tripper was created by me, Julian Mundy, and produced by me, Misha Stanton, and Ian McEwan. This episode was written and directed by me. Sound designed by Misha Stanton, with performances by Ian McEwan as Festin, Giselle De Silva as Proxy, Alex Marshall-Brown as the MC, Daniel Manning as the race official, and me, playing the patrol officer. Music by Ketza. For more, check out KETSAMusic.com. Check us out on the web at whisperforge.org slash StarTripper for transcripts and links to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your preferred audio curator or on social media, where you can find us at StarTripperHQ. We're a brand new show, so it'd really help us out if you could rate and review us on your platform of choice. That's a really easy way to help new listeners find the show. And if you want to go even further, you can support us on Patreon. Even a pledge of as little as $1 helps us immensely to keep making cool shows for you. Thank you for flying with us. And now, this week's Star Trip Survival Tip. Always pay your debts, unless you can turn invisible, turning invisible is usually the better option. A product of the Whisperforge. Sound and story.
1: Star Tripper is taking your donations, friends, over at patreon.com startripper star so show them a little love in the form of money, if you've got it, or show them a little love in the form of love, which I know you've got. Stay tuned next week for my interview with show creator Julian Mundy. What a swell fella he is. Radio Drama Revival also has a Patreon, and that means that Radio Drama Revival is brought to you this week by 6330 Productions, Anne and Zach. Hiya, friends and thank you. I've written heart emoji, but I realize now that heart emoji cannot be reproduced aloud, so I'm just going to (coughs) say, I'm making a little heart hands thing, but which again, you cannot see. Radio Drama Revival is also brought to you by pizza. Here is my pizza dough recipe. Get a pen ready. You'll need a kitchen scale. You need 300 grams of all-purpose flour, 160 grams of semolina flour, and if you don't have semolina, that's okay. Just use more all-purpose flour. You'll need six grams of salt, six grams of active dry yeast, 255 grams of water, and 30 grams of olive oil. Combine the yeast, water, and oil in a bowl. If you've got a stand mixer, now is its time to shine. Let the yeast prove for 10 minutes while you measure out the rest of the ingredients, and then knead it all together, either by hand or with a dough hook on low for 10 minutes until the dough is smooth and no longer sticky to the touch. Put it in an oiled bowl or a two-quart container and cover it. Now, you've got two choices here. You can let this sit covered at room temperature for 90 minutes, or you can put it in the fridge in that plastic two-quart container and let it mature overnight, or better, for several days. When you're ready to bake, let the dough come to room temperature if it isn't already. Oven, 500 degrees Fahrenheit. Get you a jelly roll or a cookie sheet or a half-sheet pan, whatever you call it, with a tablespoon or more of olive oil on it. I don't care how you flatten your ball of dough. Stretch it, squish it, hell, use a rolling pin, I don't care. Put your desired toppings on the pizza. Uh, Lately, I've been getting into low moisture whole milk mozzarella, the Trader Joe's kind is great. Place your pizza on the lowest rack, check it after 12 minutes, might take 5 minutes longer than that, depending on a variety of factors. Shake the pizza loose from the pan, and transfer it to a cutting board or a cooling rack, and enjoy. It should come out crisp and shattery, which is a consequence of both the oil on the bottom And the semolina flower pizza it moves my spirit and now your moment of will
4: hey friends i am back with another piece of trivia this week i wanted to touch on an inspiration of star trippers um and i wanted to focus on something that i think is really neat from it what piece of sci-fi media resulted in an actual factual mathematic algorithm all based on one long goof. It's a real mathy thing, and it does a math. I'll tell you next week when you can hear our interview with Julian Mundy. And until then, hey, that thing that you're really passionate about, you're good at it too.
1: Now you may be bound for space, but I'm headed to the credits, which is where the real stars are. Our theme music is Danger Diggy Doo by DJ Stranger Danger. You can find his music on SoundCloud. Our line producer is Will Williams. Our interviews producer is Eli McElveen. Our associate producer is Sean Howard. Our researcher is Heather Cohen. Our submissions editor is Elena Fernandez-Collins. Our social media manager is James Oliva. Our executive producer is Fred Greenhouch. I'm your host, David Reinstrom, and this has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers welcome.